Welcome to Sundays at Coastal. This week, Pastor Andy wraps up our time in the book of Isaiah with chapter 55. Here we hear the root of Jesus' ministry. Jesus sought his Father's words and ways, and his resurrection defeated every obstacle for God's thoughts and God's heart and God's love to be knit together with your own. Forsake your way, forsake your faulty thinking. Come to Jesus and listen to him. Breathe deep and digest fully his overwhelming and never-ending love for you. If you are new or visiting, welcome. And I just want to let you know, um, we believe three things that we find in Scripture over and over and over again. It's this bright red thread that passes through all of Scripture. It's the foundation of the gospel. And number one, there's always, always, always hope beyond our brokenness, right? In the middle of the broken places, but then also God then healing us so that we get put back together again, right? It's hope beyond our brokenness. So wherever you are today in your journey of faith, I want you to know that we love you and you are welcome here right where you are. Second, we believe that we are called to trust in our risen Savior, not perform, not be religious-y. Yeah? Oh, God bless you. <laughs> right? Not do that. But just but trust. Trusting, if you, if you are married or if you have a significant friendship or you have kids or grandkids or you know what it looks like, you have to trust. And trust means that you take those risks, the courage to be vulnerable with all of your life every last part of it, and placing it in your Savior's hands. That's what it looks like to trust Jesus, and we do that together. And then finally, we get to bring restoration. So Christian gets to bring restoration this week to his friend in Arizona, which is just awesome, right? And then on top of that, we get to bring restoration when we baptize people. We get to bring restoration to um, human beings who are in the molting process. They're called teenagers. And we love them right where they're at. Uh, we get to bring restoration to our friends in Guadalupe who, who grow our food and harvest our food but don't have enough money to buy that food. And so we bless them with food. So we get to do that work together. And um, each one of these truths that there is hope beyond our brokenness and we get to trust our risen Savior and then bring restoration has a choice attached to it. And we make that choice together every day following Jesus. So let's say those choices together, and let's decide again to follow Jesus. We are disciples who walk intentionally with God. Therefore, I choose to be changed by Jesus. I choose to seek Jesus first, and I choose to join Jesus in his resurrection work. This is the heartbeat of Isaiah. That's a, our mission of our church is based on the book of Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 61. And over and over and over again, we see in the book of Isaiah that God calls his people home to his very heart with these choices. So can we pray together? Yes. Because we're going to land the plane in Isaiah today. Uh, and, and then next week, we're going to do the book of Acts or start the book of Acts. Um, but I love today's passage because Jesus loves today's passage. You are going to see today 
Jesus' heart and so many things that Jesus says because this is in his bones, okay? So can we pray together? That'd be all right? Lord Jesus, I thank you for my friends. I thank you for these amazing people that I love so dearly. And I pray your spirit upon them now. Bless them and fill them, Jesus. Honor them. Meet their needs this morning. Quiet their hearts this morning. Quiet anything opposed to Jesus that would be yammering away at them now in Jesus' name. We just pray, God, space to hear your voice. Space, Lord Jesus, to receive from you all that we need. Help us, Lord, listen. Open our ears. Give us ears to hear. And we say to our own soul, soul, awaken, O my soul, and all that is within me. Help me, Lord Jesus, to hear you. In Christ's name we pray. And all God's beloved people said, amen. amen. So uh, last week, Paul preached a wonderful sermon on Isaiah 61. I was gone. I took the weekend off, so thank you for that. And thank you, Paul, for preaching a wonderful sermon. And he talked about how as God's people, we are filled with God's Spirit, and then God's Spirit leads leads us to bind up the brokenhearted, to set the captives free, to heal the sick, to give sight to the blind. Um, This is what we do as God's people. It's in our DNA. Why? Because it's literally the job description of our Savior, who in Isaiah is called the suffering servant. This is the one in Isaiah 58 that was pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities, so that we don't have to be. So that now his blood literally runs through our veins. Oh, someone say amen. Amen. We are his people, Jesus' people. We are Jesus' family, and now through the presence of the Holy Spirit, we are given this glorious calling to help renew this broken and weary world, to bring jubilee and joy everywhere that we go. Amen? Amen? So thank you, Paul, for last week. That was absolutely wonderful. Now, remember where we are in history, right? Israel has been hauled off to captivity. They've been, the, the, those jerks from Nevada, from Vegas, invaded the Central Coast, took all of us captive, and now we are stuck in Henderson, okay, <laughs> where it's 120 degrees and there's no air conditioning, right? And that's where we live. And, and, we, and the Jews have lived in Henderson, Nevada uh, for, for decades, seven decades, Um, they've just assumed that the Raiders were always their team, right? (laughs) People who grew up there as Jews in Henderson, they they didn't know any different. Vegas was always their, quote, hometown. Even though their parents and grandparents have said, no, you're a Jew, you actually belong on the Central Coast, they, they don't even have any concept in their mind of what that's like. Does that make sense? I can tell you, I was in the valley this last weekend when it was 102 degrees, and then it cools down at night, and it's like this, it's like 84, right? <laughs> and it's glorious. It's majestic. But, it, but if you've never experienced that, you don't know what that's like. But if that's always been your life, then you don't know what it's like on the Central Coast when it's 85 during the day and then 43 at night in July, right? Uh, so you don't know what that's like. 
So God is then speaking to his people through the prophet Isaiah because he's preparing them to come home. So two weeks ago, God talked to the Israelites about not taking their prison with them when they went back, right? When you leave prison, don't take prison with you. And last week, Paul talked about our purpose when we get home in the going and in the arriving is to bring God's favor and healing and love no matter where we are at. And this week, we're actually gonna go backwards just a little bit to Isaiah 55, and God's gonna show us how to do that. So that's where we are today. So here we are entering into life after, after a pandemic, in the middle of, tail end, we don't know. Here we are, everything kind of feels new or maybe new, I don't know, maybe you're just retired, maybe you just moved here, maybe you're new to the church, maybe this is a new chapter in your life, maybe in areas of your life you're just starting over, maybe God has hit the reset buttons in a couple of places with you. How do you begin well? This passage is for you. So can we pray one more time? Jesus, open our ears, help us to hear you. We love you, Lord. Now listen to what God says to you in Isaiah chapter 55, starting in verse 1. Read this together with me. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy, and eat. Milk, without money and without cost. Uh, These are staples, bread, water, bread, uh, wine, milk. Um, these are, these are normal things. These are the basics of life. Re- remember that in, in Jewish life or in Jewish scripture, in the Hebrew scriptures, anything, any word that is repeated a couple of times weighs like 100 pounds. Does that make sense? Yeah. They didn't have like bold and italicized or like when you send a text, you know, and like, like it sparkles or fireworks go off or something like that. They didn't have that back then. So they used repetition as a way of reinforcing. What's a word that's repeated a bunch here? Come. Come. And the word picture of purchasing and also the word picture of hunger or thirst. What is God saying? God's saying you can't live without water. You can't live without the basics of like bread, food, right? Wine when your water is dirty. Wine when you need... um, to celebrate wine when you need to clean a wound, milk to sustain your children and your family. These are the basics of life, right? You cannot live without these things. So for all of us who thirst, who are hungry, who are in need of joy and healing, what is God saying? He's saying to you to this, first, come to me. That's the first thing he says. You're starting over in your life. You're in a new season of your life. You're in a new area of your life. The first thing you do is don't get busy. It's come to Jesus. Now for us and the Jews at that time, we know that everything costs something and now we are painfully aware that everything costs a lot more. Yes? I can't wait for $10 gas a gallon of gas. I'm just excited about that day, you know? Woo-hoo! Why did I buy a truck? Uh, we've learned the hard way as a society that when 
Facebook or Instagram uh, offers you their service for free, and it's not free, right? What does it cost you? Your privacy, because you are the product. They're selling you, okay? Nothing is for free. This is why we spend a lot of time and money on getting what we need as human beings. This is the core of, of, of what it means to be a human is first we're trying to find shelter and food and water, and we have to get those things before we can do anything else, right? God continues. He says this, why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest affair. Hmm. What is God saying? He's saying we spend time and money on trying to satisfy our thirsts and hungers to heal our hearts or to bring joy to our lives and what we're purchasing, it doesn't satisfy. Anybody relate? I was 20, I was like 29, 28 years old, 29 years old, and my whole life, all I had was cars with zero power, right? My first car was a 1961 Volkswagen Bug, and it had a 900cc engine, right? I, it was a lawnmower. I could drive it at 55, and it was like 8,000 RPMs, you know? And I wanted, I wanted something with power, and I wanted a muscle car. And so I looked online, and I found a 1966 Dodge Monaco, which was 17, 17 feet long, and it was blue, and it had this white hardtop to it, and it was two-door, and it had a 383 V8 engine that had just been tuned and supercharged, and with the 727 torque flight transmission. Is any car guys in here, you know what I'm talking about, right? When you put your foot down on it, it drained two and a half gallons of gas in about three seconds, and it went to zero to 60 in a hurry. But you could only do that in a straight line. When you turned, the whole thing was like this big tub, uh, and you don't know where you'd end up. And I loved that car for like three weeks and, until it wasn't tuned correctly, until it had an engine leak until I got rear-ended by a three-quarter ton pickup truck and the half seats and lap belts that I was using didn't stop my back from being broken, right? Until then I got it repaired and it kind of never ran right after that until I needed to do something else in my garage than having this massive freaking car in the garage and I parked it outside in the Los Osos salt mist air and started to watch it rust I love that car until all those things happened and I realized this is not satisfying me at all. And it was, I was happy when I sold that car, happy. We have asked things to make us happy and satisfy our thirst and our hunger and we know that it doesn't last, right? The amount of money that you have in your bank account, it doesn't make you more happy than when you had a little bit less. Are you so happy now that you look this way? Are you so happy now that you got that thing? Did it satisfy your thirst? Did it take away your hunger for more? Did it bring you lasting joy? What is God saying? He's saying, come to me first. Listen to me first eat at my table first, get satisfied with me first, 
Jesus loves Isaiah 55. Can you, I mean, this is John 14 or 414, right? Whoever drinks the water I give them will never Huh. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life, meaning that when Jesus is, this is right from Isaiah 55, come to me first and you'll never thirst again. I love it. John 6, 35, Jesus again refers to Isaiah 55. Jesus declared, read this with me, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. What does Jesus say to every single one of us who are weary in our, satisfa- in our search for satisfaction and joy and for our deepest needs to be met? It's the same as Isaiah 55. Come to me. Come to me. Come to me. Jesus says this in Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28. Read this with me. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. This is all Isaiah 55. Jesus loves Isaiah 55. It's in his bones. God keeps on speaking to Israel. Let's read verse 3 together from Isaiah 55. Ready? Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. God has just repeated the word and phrase, come to me, six times in three verses. Are you picking up what God's putting down? Right? That's more than a megaphone. That's like God hiring a sign spinner to travel with you everywhere you go and be like, come to me, come to me, come to me, right? How, how do you start fresh? How do you start again? What do you do the first thing after your reset button? Now that you're finally in this new place or this new relationship or this new perspective or this new job or this new spot or finally school's over, you're in the summer, what are you going to do? What's the first thing that you do? Yeah. Come to me. Because oftentimes the first thing that happens when we start fresh or that God hits the reset button is that we think, oh, I've got to figure all this out all my, by myself. And Jesus is like, no, 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 come to me. When we start over, we feel bad for our mistakes. So we think, I've got to clean this mess up by myself. Nope. God says, come to me. When we're started new, we have all this energy about what we're excited about in life. And we're like, let me get this done now. And God's like, that's great. First, come to me. God is telling us no matter where we are, start by coming to me. Start by listening to me. Yeah, Andy, you say, but what if I can't hear God? What if when I pray, all I get is silence or the grocery list, right? Lord Jesus, help me hear your words. Okay, peanut butter, what? Milk? Oh, you ever do that when you pray? Right? Is anybody else like that? You start praying, and it's like squirrel, right? You know? That's why I say praying out loud makes a big difference. I, I pray out loud even when I'm by myself. It helps me concentrate. What if I feel like I can't discern whether it's my voice or God's voice that I'm hearing? You might even say, heck, I don't even know if God actually talks to me, if that's a thing. I hear your doubts. I hear your concerns. Israel felt the same way. Remember, they'd been in Vegas for 70 years. It's hard to hear God in Vegas. And they had what they felt like was plenty of evidence that God was absent. 
And they had plenty of evidence that, well, I can do life alone. So why, what's, what, is, what is God saying, come to me? I don't understand. So why does God tell them over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, come to me and listen? Because God adores you. Because God loves you. Because God knows the wilderness and the road that you've been walking. God knows the parts of your heart that are bone dry and desperately thirsty. God knows your hunger for good things, that you want your family to be strong and healed, for your eagerness to live a meaningful and impactful life right where you are. God knows your need for joy, especially right now what you're facing. God knows your need for healing, especially right now with your wounded heart placed before you. God knows you, and God is with you, and God loves you. So God, again, says in verse 6, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he's near. The idea here is this. Don't delay. Don't wait. Don't put off prayer in your life. Every single one of us have 96 different 15-minute chunks in your day. Which one of those 96 15-minute chunks are you going to take to kneel before your heavenly Father and talk to Him? Before you start any meeting or any activity, check in with God. Before you start reading the news of the day, check in with your own spirit. Check in with your own Savior. Before you get up and just launch into checking in with everybody else, check in with God. Right? Talk to him. Ask for anything and anything. Listen to him. I know a a family that all gathered to hear the reading of their grandfather's will, and he had a lot of money, and they were so excited. The grandkids are like, I'm going to get one of those cars. The kids are like, just give me the lake estate, right? They were super, super excited. And the lawyer opened the will, and they thought that it was going to be multiple pages because of all the stuff. It was a single page. And the lawyer opened the will and looked at all the family and said, this is going to be a short reading today. I just want to prepare you. And, and you know, all of them were thinking, oh, he's going to give me everything. This is awesome. And the lawyer opened the letter and said, being of sound mind, I spent it all. <laughs> the family got Nothing. Nothing. Because in all the years of wanting grandpa's stuff, they never actually spent time with grandpa. And so all the people that spent time with grandpa and loved grandpa, that's who he gave it all away to. Seek God, not just his stuff, seek him. That's why he says, come to me. That's active. That's your choice to actually listen first before you act. That's what seeking is. It's your choice to talk to God before you decide that God isn't listening. That make sense? Talk to God first before you decide that it's not really going to work. Listen to God first before you decide, eh, I can't hear his voice. The enemy wants you to avoid prayer. Why do you think you have the thoughts rattling around your brain, this doesn't work, squirrel? That never happens when you watch Netflix. 
You can stay in that lane for hours, right? Hours, no problem. Prayer, dear Jesus squirrel, right? The enemy wants you to avoid prayer. The enemy wants you to stop listening, stop seeking, and stop asking. In fact, the enemy wants you to do everything first and then say to God, would you please bless what I just did? But again, recalling Isaiah 55, Jesus talks to us about our seeking. What does he say in Matthew 6? For pagans run after all these things, saying God doesn't, he doesn't care, he's just out there. He's like that Bette Midler song. He's out there looking at me for a distance. That's what pagans think. And I'm just gonna go pursue the good life. And God must want me, if he even exists, must want me to have that. But what does Jesus say? That for the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly fathers know that you need them, but read with me loudly, seek first. Oh, snap. What? Seek second, third, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and then? Yeah. Look, God knows you need all the stuff. God knows you need your, God knows about your finances. God knows about the washing machine that just broke. God knows about your need for a job. God knows your current boss stinks. Sorry, Paul, right? God, God knows it all, right? God knows it all, right? And he has all of these good things lined up for you, and it's not going to work unless you seek him first. The next verses are hard to hear, but they're so important. Verse 7, let's read back to Isaiah 55, right? Let's read it together. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, he will freely pardon. You and I have a way and we have thoughts. Our thoughts inform our way. We think stuff like this. Uh, I got this. I can do this. I'm capable, right? And what is our way? We just do it. We don't seek God first. We don't talk to God first. And what do we think? We think my way is the right way. And my thoughts must be right. And so even as Christians, we'll say, God bless my thoughts and my way. And God is saying, no. One of the reasons why you might not hear God in prayer is because you're not really praying. What you're doing is you're asking God to bless your rebellion. And God might not have anything to say about that. Talk to God first. Then you might hear everything that he has to say. So what does God say to us? What do we do with our way and our thoughts? What's the verb? Forsake. Forsake. In Orlando this past February, officers pulled over a 2020 Kia speeding down the highway. And they, um, they pulled him over for speeding, and the officer just glanced in the back uh, seat of the car and immediately uh, drew his weapon, called for backup, and a canine unit in um, pu- cars pulled over, and the guy in the 2020 Kia is like, what in the world is going on? I'm just, I just got pulled over speeding, and now I have guns pointed at my head. Um, and he and his buddy are like, what is happening? Like, and like, why'd you pull us over? Like, well, you were speeding, but now, now it's, it's more. It's escalated. And they're like, what is going on? And as they're being placed in handcuffs, they're saying, we're, you just, we're just speeding. They're like, five miles an hour over. What is going on? And, and the officers pointed to a bag in their back seat, 
and the bag literally was labeled bag full of drugs. <laughs> and the, the police in Orlando issued this statement on social media. Santa Rosa canine deputies recently assisted Florida Highway Patrol in a taf- traffic stop on I-10 where a large amount of narcotics were discovered. Note to self, do not traffic your illegal narcotics in bag, le- bags labeled bag full of drugs. Our canines can read. True story. These two guys thought to themselves, oh, no one will actually look if it says bag full of drugs. And so away they went down the highway, and now away they went to prison. We think, hey, I know what I'm doing. I'll just do it my way. And God says, try it my way instead. What does Jesus say? How does he teach us to pray? Your kingdom come, your, yeah. God's will is God's thoughts and his way combined. Forsake your resentments and your way of anger. Forsake your catastrophizing and your way of fear. Forsake your self-centered thinking and your way of prioritizing yourself. Forsake your doubt and your way of diminishing your value and contributions. Forsake your cynicism and your way of distancing yourself from risk and courage. Forsake your your thoughts that God doesn't speak to you and your way of going it alone. Forsake your thoughts of, I need to take care of me and your way of entitlement. Forsake them. Why? Verse eight, read this with me. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. Oh, snap. Uh-oh. 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 Dang. Verse 9, God will give us an example as to why they're not the same. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Hmm. Yeah. God's ways are better. They're very different than our ways. God doesn't work like you. If you want to be part of of God's plan and blessed by God's provision and have God's presence and all of the miracles and all of the life and all of the love, then you have to let go of your thoughts and your way. You're going to have to start listening to Jesus and asking him, which way do I go? How do you want me to think about this? I have a friend at this church who felt the need to help a family a couple weeks ago. He walked into this situation that was delicate. And his family was in a big, they were in a big bind, a big pickle. And my friend said, man, there's all these needs there. And he said, well, what do I do? Do I back away from the need? Do I say no? Do I, do I avoid taste, taking the risk to get in, involved in this really def, delicate situation with all sorts of variables, little kids, all that kind of stuff? So he called his wife. I love this. His wife said, let's pray about it. <gasps> let's ask Jesus first. Great job. So they prayed. And Jesus said, you know that money that you guys had set aside for that rainy day? Take that money and bless this family. The money that they were going to spend on themselves, they decided to give away to this family in need. So this man and his wife gave generously to help this family in need from their own pockets. They go to our church. 
So he's telling me the story, and he says, so I walk home, and I open up the mailbox, and there is a letter from the state of California about my taxes. And he thought, oh, my gosh, I just gave away money, and now the state of California is going to say you owe more money, right? Because they'd already denied, like, a refund and all this kind of stuff, and so he was just like, this is just going to be bad. And he opens up the letter from the state of California, and it's the refund check that they had denied giving him. And it was for the exact amount of money that he just gave away. Okay? Jesus is the only person I know that can make the state of California give you money. It's so good at taking the state. Jesus is the only person I know where where you'll actually get money from the state of California, right? Now, how, how, would have, how would have my friend and his wife felt if they didn't give that money? If they just said to that family, hey, you know what, um, let me give you some a little more of my time or my practical help, but I'm going to keep the money for themselves. Would they, felt, would they have walked away that day feeling better having the money sitting in their account? No. And then, you know, what, what happened when they opened up and got that check from the state of California? They would have thought, oh, that's nice. That's nice. But how did they feel when they gave that money away and then they saw God's provision come? Hope and joy and laughter and clapping hands and celebration was just, it it was like a party for days. God puts it like this, verse 10. As the rain and snow come down from heaven and and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that yield seed for the sower and bread for the eater. See, no one thinks when it's raining, um, thank God Twinkies are going to come from this. Thank goodness Asiago cheese, rosemary-infused sourdough bread is going to come from this rain. We don't think that way. We just think, I hope I put things away in my backyard, right? Or it's raining again. Or us Californians, thank goodness. Maybe it'll rain next year once as well right? That's how we think about rain. From me in Seattle, it was like, I got to mow the lawn. I'm raining. It's raining. I got to mow the lawn in the rain anyways. It's raining again. But what we don't think of is this, that the rain that God gives then causes crops to grow, and then people can harvest those crops, and they get a needs met, meaning God's ways are not like yours ways. We think short-term. God thinks long-term, So here's my friend. He just gave money to this family in need. And the family says to him over the next couple of weeks, why are you guys helping us? This is really weird. And he's like, well, you're in need. And that's what our church does. We help people in need. And God loves you. Why wouldn't we help you? And it was just bothering them, bothering them, bothering them, bothering them. So you know what they started doing? They started coming to church. (laughs) Right? And all of them are getting baptized today. And when my friend gave that money and he and his wife prayed, they never thought this will lead to a family salvation. But that's what God does. He says in verse 11, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. 
when God speaks to you and you listen and obey, when you go to God first and you say, God, what would you have me do first in this situation? His will gets accomplished every single time. And his will is good and perfect and pleasing. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. How's your will work out for you? Anybody on plan A of their life? No. Right? God's track record is perfect. You have no idea, nor would you ever imagine that your listening to God and your act of kindness or love or obedience in that moment, you have no idea what it's going to lead to, but I guarantee you it will always be spectacular because God's will is accomplished and it's beautiful every time. And what would take you years to grind on your own, God can do in an instant if you would just come to him first. Come to me and listen, God says. Eat what I have for you. Drink until you're satisfied. Verse 12, what will happen when we do? Read with this with me loudly. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace and the mountains and hills will burst into song before you. Mountains and hills are obstacles, right? When you look at the obstacles in your house, in your life, and you're looking at God, you're listening to God, you're coming to God, you're going to see those things, and you're going to go, ha-ha, no problem. I've seen trouble, and that ain't it. And all the trees of the field will... When my friend told me about this story about, like, hey, we prayed and we gave this money and then the state of California came. He was beaming with joy. I literally was like, it was involuntary. I couldn't help it. Of course I was clapping. Remember the gospel. Instead of punishing us, the wicked, who refused to obey, who refused to listen to God and follow his way, Jesus bore the punishment himself. Jesus came to his heavenly father first and listened and followed his heavenly father's way. And his sacrifice on the cross made a way where there was no way. When my rebellion had ended the way, when your rebellion had ended the way, Jesus' resurrection defeated every obstacle so that God's thoughts and God's heart and God's love could literally be embossed and stitched to your bones for all eternity. No one ever, 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 ever who looked at Jesus on the cross thought to themselves, this will lead to the salvation of trillions of people and transform the entire world. God's thoughts and God's ways are different than yours. Forsake your way. Forsake your thinking. Come to Jesus. Listen to him. Breathe deep and digest his love for you. Lean back into him and trust him. So can I pray for you? Because we just prayed for our elders and our deacons. Worship team, come on forward. We just prayed for our elders and our deacons and we just anointed them And what we're asking our elders and deacons to do is listen to Jesus, right? Listening to Jesus and saying, as a deacon, who needs to be helped? And we're trusting them to listen to Jesus, yes? 
And then we prayed for Nina, and we said we wanted to anoint Nina as an elder, and we're, we're, we're trusting that Nina is going to listen to Jesus as she and the other elders lead and guide our church for the next season. Yes? Can I pray the same anointing on you, that you would be able to listen to Jesus? Can I pray that for you? For those of you online and also here. Holy Spirit, come. I pray your anointing upon each one of my friends here today. Open our ears. Give us ears to hear. And we reject the lies that we can't hear you, Jesus. You agree? We reject the lies, God, that you stopped speaking to us a long time ago. Do you agree? God, we reject the lies that that we can't hear or discern your voice. Do you agree? Jesus, open our ears. Awaken our spirit. Help us to hear you and understand you. And God, I pray for an anointing upon my friends today that you would give them a desire and a passion to seek you first in all things. Bless my friends. God, we praise you and thank you for the book of Isaiah. Jesus, you read and love this book. God, I just, I pray that right now those words come to me would just be stitched and seared to us now, Jesus. That we would just hear your invitation over and over and over again. We love you, Lord. We're so grateful for you. Bless my friends. Seal in them all the good things that you've done in their hearts today. And all God's people said, Pastor Andy Rock is the senior pastor of Coastal Community Church. It's located in Grover Beach, California, and serves communities across the Central Coast. Join us online each week on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. for our weekly live stream. We also have two in-person services at 9 a.m. and 1040 a.m. in our sanctuary. Coastal Community Church is located at 1830 Farrell Road, Grover Beach, California. For more information, visit our website, www.mycoastal.org. Thanks for joining us, and I hope you have a great week.